Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano, here with my man of the hour, Jeremy File. Jeremy, let's just shoot it, baby. Dribble God, what's up? So many names. I have so many names. Uh, and uh, all the alter egos are better than the real one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Classic. So how is it? How's Michigan? Terrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we had to talk off there a couple weeks ago, man. I mean, it's just, uh, it's hard, man. I mean, I'm just praying for you guys, praying for everybody. This is a very difficult time, especially for people like yourself doing basketball during a pandemic. Um, excuse me. It's just, it's hard, man. I mean, I, I've been able to do some personal lessons um, or go through directors. I was at a gym two weeks ago. We had 40 kids. A lot of the kids weren't masked up. It became a problem. Um, we have a guy I played pro with who's a director of a huge facility, and he gets a lot of pushback, man, you know, because, you know, you're either on one side or the other of this pandemic, right? And, right. Um, you know, we're at the point now in Michigan where they have non-contact practice, which is just, I don't even know what that means. They got a game coming up in high school ball February 1st. They're trying to. And it's just been a challenge, my friend. I know you're dealing with the same thing there. And it's just, I feel bad for the kids more than anything. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, you got you, you got to pick a side or you, you it's hard to be neutral. Um, I, I mean, I, I try to stay as neutral as I can be having my own business. Um, I, I respect that people want to wear the mask. I respect people that don't want to wear the mask. I'm, I'm definitely not here to judge you. Um, I do know, obviously, there is um, a sickness out there, obviously, COVID-19. Um, I believe my, me and my family have already had it back in February of uh, last year. It'd be a year coming up. Um, and yeah, I, I just think everybody's going to get it. Some people are going to be asymptomatic. I've had a couple of players that were like that. I've had players that yeah. literally were down in the dumps. I mean, they they them and their family have gotten it they they were all ultraly sick they've had all all the symptoms the loss of taste loss of smell um body aches fevers they've had it all um and then i've had other kids that just you know had a minor headache for a day or two maybe a temp and then lost the taste and smell for a week and they were fine um i do know one thing um i i do get bothered by like what you said uh parents or whoever it is out there, they get, they get this uproar that everybody is not in a mask. Well, chances are wearing the mask. If you go out and do your research, um, if it's not a proper, like 
type of mask that they're like a couple hundred dollars where it helps you to breathe in in weather conditions like if you were like at a high altitude or something like that if you don't have a mask like that well chances are it's unhealthy to wear a mask and breathing in your old air as you're training that's bad yeah um so i don't want to promote a kid you know that so i i understand you know, hey, we're doing the necessary precautions of what we can do by the CDC. Uh, temp checks, hand sanitizers, uh, Clorox wipes. It's like at that point, you know, parents are so nervous about a kid wearing a mask, but it's like you realize they're passing the ball, so everybody's touching the ball. So at that point, yeah, you know, this, then you got to wear rubber yeah. gloves, right? So, I mean, it's you know. You know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I want to add this. This is something I've been thinking about, and I, I think it's because I was thinking about you guys in California. Basketball could be an outdoor sport. I mean, we're getting to the point where if I was in charge of something higher up, I would say, look, we're going to play basketball outdoors because if that's the safer route. I mean, look at the NFL playoffs, Andre. I mean, the, there were tons of fans. I mean, thousands of fans in Kansas City, thousands of fans in Green Bay in the cold states and they're like, Oh, you know, whatever. It's outdoors, right? It's safer, which I don't even know if that's the case, but if that's how they're going to treat it, why don't we just treat basketball that way? In these warm states, if we're going to have to have high school basketball outdoors and and it's going to look like street ball and concrete, whatever, these kids will play anywhere. I mean, I got kids, Andre in Michigan, they will do whatever it takes to play basketball. I mean, they love it. It, it, if you told them to play, as long as the weather's over 50 degrees, they play every time. I got friends in Ohio that run training outdoors in Ohio at 40-degree weather. That's I awesome. mean, kids outdoors playing ball. They don't care. I mean, so we've got to think about those people, and we're going to have to think of something because I'm going to tell you, from everything I keep reading and hearing and watching, I think this thing's far from over, and it's really sad when you tell me things like kids haven't even played football there in California yet. Oh. It's like, what? Bro, they haven't, played, they haven't played one rep of football, one snap, okay? Not one snap of football. And then basketball, like you said, we are very blessed to be in San Diego, California, and to practice outside. Now, mind you, last year, this time, before COVID hit, January of last year, if I told parents we were having a practice outside, they were in an uproar. Their kids have to be in <laughs> Had to be a, little Johnny's got to be in the gym to get better. Well, that's a crock of shit. But you're paying me. We're running a business. Yes, if we can rent facilities, we're going to rent facilities. Now, like you said, no one wants to be in a gym for some reason. If you're behind foreclosed um, walls, they are nervous. They'd rather be outside in the fresh air. Okay, fine. So yeah, it's super cold, windy. It rains. We are outside. We don't care. So now yeah. it's that it's it is a blessing. And to tell you, right. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I I met a guy, phenomenal human being. I mean, this guy should be a saint. He has very wealthy. He has a sports court in his backyard. Well, we can't play games because all gyms are closed in California and in San Diego. No one can get in a gym. Unless you own that gym or you're literally going behind the high school um, people and opening, opening it at weird hours. So, yeah, I has a court in his backyard with lights. We've been playing um, games at his house. Yeah. 
fantastic. That's just awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. The sport court is what we use out here when we had a, a Michigan-based company called Gus Macker that's really known nationally. And they've used the sport court for 40 years. And we have some parents that have done that. We have parents here that are building their own barns. I got a friend, Jeremiah, who built his own hoop and floor in his house. You know, I don't know where he got the money, but good luck to him. And, you know, I mean, hey, if he's got the money for it, great. But that's where we're at in Michigan where, you know, hey, you can't tell me what to do in my own home. So they're basically doing that on their own property, building courts for their kids. I think that's what you got to do. Um, I train a kid in a barn. Um, and look, it's hard concrete, but they want to do whatever it takes. And this kid has really flourished because of it because he's gotten the extra work. We talked off air about this. Some of these kids in other states like the South, they're going to surpass if they continue to have more gym time. I mean, that's just how this thing works. I mean, you know how it is. If you're not getting better every day on the court with basketball, someone's passing you. And I got friends in Georgia. They've not stopped. I mean, they have continued to train. They've played. They maybe had a two-week shutdown and boom, right back at it. Texas, Florida, Georgia. My parents live in Florida. I mean, they, they're major Democrats. They're freaking out. They, they're, 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 they, they, COVID, oh, God, don't do anything. I got invited to a 200-person party. What are they doing? I mean, that's how my parents are. But they're living their lives in these states. And as far as basketball, that's a major advantage, Andre. I mean, major. If your kid is in a gym because they don't handle it the same way as California, Michigan, Think about recruiting. You know, I mean, look, and I know I might be getting a little out of line here, but look, man, it's competitive. You got a kid who plays basketball. He's got goals. I think it's unfair. I think it's really unfair if he lives in a state that has tougher mandates. Oh, I, I agree, man. I mean, I got a couple of kids. Um, they, they, they should be in the eighth grade right now. They're a year, they're a year ahead. They're in the ninth grade. There's no, there's no sports. They're in high school. And now the parents are like, I should have just held my kid back because we're not even going to play. We're going to miss a whole year of basketball because of this. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I I mean, I guess you're right. I, I, I'm not here to tell you what to do as a family, but if that was my son, then yes, I'd be, I would wanted to, I would have said, dang, I should have held him back. But I mean, no one really knew how awful this was going to be and how long it was going to um, take over our country and the world. I mean, they're saying that there's mm-hmm. a COVID out in Great Britain that has mutated and within four months, it's going to take over us here. And it's even worse than what it is now. I don't know if you heard that, but I had read that on um, one of our apps, you know, like a, like a Fox news app or something. Yeah. Yeah. Scary, man. Scary times. And look, you know, all we can do is pray for the best. I mean, look, it, it's hard, but me and you are basketball people. So, you know, this is what we do. I mean, we love it. I mean, we're essential workers, but we're basketball is our passion, you know, and, and you have a son who has a passion for it. So we got to do whatever it takes. I mean, you got to find a way to keep going. And, and I know you have, and I'm so proud of you guys. Um, yeah, I tried to do the same thing here. A lot of our kids go to Indiana. Indiana is like basketball heaven. They're not shutting down and they're loving our money, by the way, because all of our teams are going there and uh, you know, Indiana's not going to shut down for anything. They could shut down the whole state, but basketball will be played. <laughs> that's how it works there. See, um, that's awesome. But uh, what a, what a moneymaker for them. I mean, there's a billboard that says, thank you for your money, Michigan. I swear to God, it's hilarious. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. Very liberal out here compared to there. Um, and look, I, I hate politics. I mean, I'm so over it. I believe in just being a good person. 
right. and you know uh, I'm conservative in some ways, but I also get certain things on the on the Democratic side. My parents are major Democrats, so but look, man, basketball is our life. We love it. I mean, I'm always seeing your guys' stuff, and we got to keep going. I mean, that's all we can do. Absolutely. Now, the evolution of basketball. You know, we're we're talking about basketball in this pandemic, obviously, and the evolution of basketball now. What is your take on that? And why do you feel that players really do need trainers? Because obviously when we grew up, we didn't have that. No, I think it's just absolutely beneficial. I mean, we, we know a lot of these guys that are big time trainers, right? And, um, you know, I'll give a shout out because I, I love guys that do a great job. I mean, Tyler Ralph is the guy that I follow. And if, if you look at him posting about Julius Randle a lot, you know, Julius Randle is a guy he's had for years. Julius Randle's having a big time year. Uh, the trainer's huge. I mean, I know you've worked with Jordan Wally. He's, he's had a lot of pros, and the pros are doing it. So, I mean, I think every kid needs it. Um, you, you know how I am. We're very similar as far as I think playing is important. A lot of these trainers have open runs. I think we got to do that with the youth level. It can't be just based on yes. half-court individual skill. We have to find ways to get kids to play. It is hard with the pandemic. This is a great example. I had six kids in a gym one day. And, and we played uh, 50 minutes of the hour workout. We literally only did 10 minutes of simple skill instruction, and they played, and I would just stop them when we talk about concept. We, we have to teach kids how to play. I know me and you are always beating that uh, like a dead horse, but it's true. I mean, I just see a lot of people that are just, it's a constant individualized instruction. And I've been guilty of it. I mean, I've trained for a long time. And before, I think I spent, you know, 10 years ago, 25 minutes to 30 minutes on ball handling alone. And then the workouts getting to a head. I'm like, man, I didn't teach screen. I didn't teach move without the ball. I didn't teach enough shots. I mean, I didn't, they didn't get enough reps. I mean, typically a day in a life of my training, your kid's going to get 200 shots at least. You have to, you have to get shots up, you know, moves without made shots are, are pointless. I mean, it just doesn't matter. Um, so I think the evolution is, it's important to have more people teaching basketball, but it's got to be more important to have people teaching the game of basketball. And I still think we're a little far off on that. Right. No, I agree. Um, it's weird because growing up, you know, I, I never had a trainer, you know. Um, I, I would say, I guess, I would say my trainers were the older guys or the older kids at the local rec or parks that we went and played at. You know, I mean, obviously, I got up my own shots at home. You know, I worked on my double crossover, my kill, you know, my killer crossover, my spin moves, my behind the backs, my layups. I worked on that at home. Um, but when we went to a local playground or to a rec center, uh, you know, obviously, you're, if you're in the eighth grade and you're 14, you're not just playing with 14 year olds. You're going to play with a guy that's that's at 18, 19, you're going to play a guy that's 32, 33, and then you're going to play grandpa that's like 50 years old, and he just wants to be out there to just get up some three-point shots and, and get a little sweat in. And I felt like those were my trainers. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And here's what this is. So what a great point. I had talked to a basketball friend of mine about this, and I said the way we grew up through the game was better than the kids today. Okay. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, it was easy to go to the Y with my dad and play against 25-year-olds. That's the life of Luka Doncic coming up, right. 13 years old, playing against pros. That's why 
he is so good right now because he's already played against men. And, you know, and this is why I always say the AAU system is broken and is because our kids are not fully tested against older players until they technically get to college. Now, you could say high school basketball, maybe. If you're a freshman, you're playing against seniors, yeah, that kid's three, four years older than you, and that's the only time you get to play against somebody who is older and stronger. But those kids all play their same age their whole life, too. So I think the thing we need to start doing is we need to get a large group of kids playing basketball. we got to get open runs with, with men playing, allow some of these kids to play against men. we got to go to that European model a little bit because this is what happens, Andre. It's the last thing I'll say about this point. The reason why one and done is so important is because the, co- the GMs and the people in the NBA say, well, that guy played that well as a freshman against older guys. He's ready. Right. So a guy that stays in college, here's a great example, a mellow ball. Goes overseas, plays well. I don't think Lamelo Ball is a better basketball player than Cassius Winston, who played at Michigan State for four years. Okay, but he has proven that he can be a young kid and compete against pros. Cassius Winston's a late pick. Lamelo is a top pick, and and Cassius Winston was unreal in college, All American, Big Ten Player of the Year. He's not even getting a look. It's because I'm telling you, that's what the GMs think. We got to have a kid who's young who can prove that he can play against men right away and he can be ready for this grind. And I think that, man, if, if we're skill coaches, we're going to have to think about that because how sad it will be. We got this kid who's great. He dominates AAU, but he plays three or four years in college and he gets overlooked because somebody else played overseas or somebody else played up. So playing up is very important. That's like my new thing. Now you got to play up. Oh, absolutely. Like my son's 14 and he plays on a 15 U team uh, predominantly. And, and I think that helps him, you know, because he sees the confidence in scoring, you know, nine points, you know, eight points a game. You know, he's not he's not the highest scorer. You got guys, you know, scoring 15 to 20, like you said. Maybe he maybe he had six points, but he threw three great assists, played some good defense, got his field. Like that's an all around good game for a role player. Um, and, of, of course, you know, if you're going to be one of the younger guys on an AAU team, and you're playing up, obviously you're not going to play a ton of minutes. You're going to be the guy that's coming off the bench and you have to respect, you know, the, the, the kids that are older and, and bigger and wiser. So he's learning from them as yeah. well. So I think that's huge. I just think like playing the three on three and the five on five pickup, like you said, with older guys, like, like us coaches, it helps them because like, say for instance, uh, a player is on the weak side and he's, and he was on the strong side. He moved that ball and now that ball is in the corner of the strong side. He's on the weak side. If if he doesn't know when to cut or cut short to get open for maybe a nice mid-range shot, you know, that's where, like, coaches like myself or you can say, hey, next time that ball gets to the corner, you got to look to cut because you're going to be wide open. I'm looking for you, but you're not cutting. And then that's where that learning comes in versus just, okay, guys, this is what we're going to work on today. Rip, two-dribble pull kicked out because they closed out to you and you just have two dummies there, you know, like dummy defense. Okay. Kick out, pop out shot. Like that's the stuff that they need to see. Am I right? Absolutely. I mean, here, here's the bottom line. If you're a kid and you're 13, 14 years old and you hear this, you gotta be saying, I got to find older players to play against somewhere. Right. If you're in control of the situation, like yourself, like me, we got to find a way to create that environment. So we had a, an open gym before COVID where it was all men, adults, you know, former college guys, 
uh, guys in their early 30s, sometimes late 30s, uh, mid-20s. So the high school kids would come in the morning and play with us. And you could tell the difference in those kids because they were really feeling like high school basketball was quite easy. And you're playing against someone like me who's a lot bigger and stronger than the typical guard you play against. Right. You're going to be ready for contact. You're going to be ready for that in high school ball. So when that was taken away, that was a crusher for not only us adults, but mainly for our kids because I think it really allowed them to improve quicker. So I think we got to start finding a way to do that. Have, have men in the gym, uh, have some open run, have young kids playing against men. Um, if you got to do a waiver or whatever to make parents happy, whatever it takes. But most parents that have driven basketball players, they're not going to say nothing. They, they want their kid to get that, uh, you know, teaching from someone older. I played as a middle schooler against grown men my whole life. I was fortunate. My brother was eight years older. I played pickup with guys in their mid-20s my whole life as an early teen. And I'll tell you what, man, high school basketball was a cakewalk because of that. And uh, it made me ready. But the system of AAU still held me back a little because I didn't get that. I had to play against 15-year-olds that were my age. And and I just think it kind of held me back, to be honest, Andre. No, I I agree. I I feel like you said playing the pickup basketball, even if you got in some training for about 30, 40 minutes, got some shots, you know, worked on some basic stuff, um, and then you went and played some pickup. Yeah. Well, you got to learn on the fly. Yeah, you got to learn on the fly. And guess what? You're going to get yelled at by older players if you're not playing the proper D or if you threw a bad pass or you didn't box outright. An older guy is going to bark at you. A guy that's 25, 35, 40, they're going to tell that kid, this is what you're doing wrong and get it together. Let's go. I don't want to lose because of you. That's how they're going to say it. And I think that hits kids mentally tough. I believe that kids are way more skilled than us now. I believe that. Oh, yeah. know that but they don't have the grit like we had. They weren't as physical and tough. And that's what I believe. And I'll ask you this because you were a pro player that gave us the upper edge. Am I right? No, I, I think so. I think the, the thing we had that was a major advantage is the game was definitely played more that wasn't organized. I think that was an advantage. We played a lot of games. We were able to use our skill right away and play pickup basketball. And that gave us a lot more reps where these kids get a lot of skill reps, but they don't get a lot of game reps. And then they get a practice. Well, that's control practice. That's, you know, you got to slow it down. You got to run your stuff. These kids, a lot of times today, unless you're the most, you know, talented player, 